Section 22 of The Natural History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 3, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 22. Chapter 24. How Must is Usually Prepared. It will be as well now to make some mention of the methods used in preparing wines. Indeed, several of the Greeks have written separate treatises on this subject, and have made a complete art of it, such, for instance, as Euphronius, Aristomachus, Camiades, and Hecesius. The people of Africa are in the habit of neutralizing such acidity as may be found with gypsum, and in some parts with lime. The people of Greece, on the other hand, impart briskness to their wines when too flat, with potter's earth, pounded marble, salt, or seawater. While in Italy, again, brown pitch is used for that purpose in some parts, and it is the universal practice both there as well as in the adjoining provinces to season their new wines with resin. Sometimes, too, they season them with old wine lees or vinegar. They make various medicaments also, for this purpose, with the must itself. They boil it down till it becomes quite sweet, and has lost a considerable portion of its strength. Though thus prepared, they say it will never last beyond a single year. In some places they boil down the must till it becomes sapa, and then mix it with their wines for the purpose of modifying their harshness. Both for these kinds of wines, as indeed all others, they always employ vessels which have themselves received an inner coat of pitch. The method of preparing them will be set forth in a succeeding book. Chapter 25. Pitch and Resin Of the trees from which pitch and resin distill, there are some which grow in the east, and others in Europe. The province of Asia, which lies between the two, has also some of both kinds. In the east, the very best commodity of this kind, and of the finest quality, is that produced by the terebinth, and next to it, that from the lentisk, which is also known as the mastiche. The next in quality to these is the juice of the cypress, being of a more acrid flavor than any other. All the above juices are liquid, and of a resinous nature only, but that of the cedar is comparatively thick, and of a proper consistency for making pitch. The Arabian resin is of a pale color, has an acrid smell, and its fumes are stifling to those employed in boiling it. That of Judea is of a harder nature, and has a stronger smell than that from the terebinth even. The Syrian resin has all the appearance of Attic honey, but that of Cyprius is superior to any other. It is the color of honey, and is of a soft, fleshy nature. The resin of colophon is yellower than other varieties, but when pounded it turns white. It has a stifling smell, for which reason the perfumers do not employ it. That prepared in Asia from the produce of the pitch tree is very white, and is known by the name of spagus. All the resins are soluble in oil. Some persons are of opinion also that potter's chalk may be so dissolved. 
I feel ashamed to avow that the principal esteem in which the resins are held among us is as depilatories for taking the hair off men's bodies. The method used for seasoning wines is to sprinkle pitch in the must during the first fermentation, which never lasts beyond nine days at the most, so that a bouquet is imparted to the wine, with, in some degree, its own peculiar piquancy of flavor. It is generally considered that this is done most effectually by the use of raw flour of resin, which imparts a considerable degree of briskness to wine, while, on the other hand, it is thought that crapula itself, if mixed, tends to mitigate the harshness of the wine and subdue its asperity, and when the wine is thin and flat, to give it additional strength and body. It is in Liguria more particularly, and the districts in the vicinity of the Paris, that the utility is recognized of mixing crapula with the must, in doing which the following rule is adopted. With wines of a strong and generous nature they mix a large quantity, while with those that are poor and thin they use it more sparingly. There are some who would have the wine seasoned with both crapula and flour of resin at the same time. Pitch, too, when used for this purpose, has much the same properties as must when so employed. In some places the must is subject to a spontaneous fermentation a second time. When this unfortunately happens it loses all its flavor, and then receives the name of vapa, a word which is applied as an opprobrious appellation even to worthless men of degenerate spirit. In vinegar, on the other hand, notwithstanding its tart and acrid taste, there are very considerable virtues, and without it we should miss many of the comforts of civilized life. In addition to what we have already stated, the treatment and preparation of wines are the object of such remarkable attention that we find some persons employing ashes, and others gypsum, and others substances of which we have already spoken, for the purpose of improving its condition. The ashes, however, of the shoots of vines, or of the wood of the quercus, are in general preferred for this purpose. It is recommended also to take sea water far out at sea, and to keep it in reserve to be employed for this purpose. At all events, it ought to be taken up in the night and during the summer solstice, while the northeast wind is blowing. But if taken at the time of the vintage, it should be boiled before being used. The pitch most highly esteemed in Italy for preparing vessels for storing wine is that which comes from brutium. It is made from the resin that distills from the pitch tree. That which is used in Spain is held in but little esteem, being the produce of the wild pine. It is bitter, dry, and of a disagreeable smell. While speaking of the wild trees in a succeeding book, we shall make mention of the different varieties of pitch, and the methods used in preparing it. The defects in resin, besides those which we have already mentioned, are a certain degree of acridity, or a peculiar smoky flavor, while the great fault in pitch is the being overburnt. The ordinary test of its goodness is a certain luminous appearance when broken to pieces. It ought to stick too to the teeth, with a pleasant tart flavor. In Asia, the pitch which is most esteemed is that of Mount Ida, in Greece of Pieria. But Virgil gives the preference to the Norician pitch. The most careful makers mix with the wine black mastiche, which comes from Pontus, and resembles bitumen in appearance, as also iris root and oil. 
as to coating the vessels with wax, it has been found that the wine is apt to turn acid. It is a better plan to put wines in vessels that have held vinegar than in those which have previously contained sweet wine or mulsum. Cato recommends that wines should be got up, consenarius his word, by putting of lye ashes boiled down with defrutum, one fortieth part to the Julius, or else a pound and a half of salt, with pounded marble as well. He makes mention of sulphur also, but only gives the very last place to resin. When the fermentation of the wine is coming to an end, he recommends the addition of the must to which he gives the name of tortivum, meaning that which is pressed out the very last of all. For the purpose of coloring wine, we also add certain substances as a sort of pigment, and these have a tendency to give it a body as well. By such poisonous sophistications is this beverage compelled to suit our tastes, and then we are surprised that it is injurious in its effects. It is a proof that wine is beginning to turn bad if a plate of lead on being put in it changes its color. Chapter 26 Vinegar Lees of Wine It is a peculiarity of wine among the liquids to become moldy or else to turn to vinegar. There are whole volumes which treat of the various methods of preventing this. The lees of wine, when dried, will take fire and burn without the addition of fuel. The ashes so produced have very much the nature of nitra, and similar virtues. The more so indeed, the more unctuous they are to the touch. Chapter 27 Wine Vessels Wine Cellars The various methods of keeping and storing wines in the cellar are very different. In the vicinity of the Alps, they put their wines in wooden vessels hooped around. During their cold winters, they even keep lighted fires to protect the wines from the effects of the cold. It is a singular thing to mention, but still it has been occasionally seen, that these vessels have burst asunder, and there has stood the wine in frozen masses. A miracle almost, as it is not ordinarily the nature of wine to freeze, cold having only the effect of benumbing it. In more temperate climates, they place their wines in dolia, which they bury in the earth, either covering them entirely or in part according to the temperature. Sometimes again they expose their wines in the open air, while at others they are placed beneath sheds for protection from the atmosphere. The following are among the rules given for the proper management of wines. One side of the wine cellar, or at least all events the windows, ought to face the northeast, or at least due east. All dunghills and roots of trees, and everything of a repulsive smell, ought to be kept at as great a distance as possible, wine being very apt to contract an odor. Fig trees, too, either wild or cultivated, ought not to be planted in the vicinity. Intervals should also be left between the vessels, in order to prevent infection, in case of any of them turning bad, wine being remarkably apt to become tainted. The shape, too, of the vessels is of considerable importance. Those that are broad and bellying are not so good. We find it recommended, too, to pitch them immediately after the rising of the dog star, and then to wash them either with sea or salt water, after which they should be sprinkled with the ashes of tree shoots, or else with potter's earth. They ought then to be cleaned out and perfumed with myrrh, 
a thing which ought to be frequently done to the wine cellars as well. Weak, thin wines should be kept in dolia sunk in the ground, while those in which the stronger ones are kept should be more exposed to the air. The vessels ought on no account to be entirely filled, room being left for seasoning by mixing either raisin wine or else defrutum flavored with saffron. Old pitch and sapa are sometimes used for the same purpose. The lids, too, of the dolia ought to be seasoned in a similar manner, with the addition of mastiche and brutian pitch. It is strongly recommended never to open the vessels except in fine weather, nor yet while a south wind is blowing, or at a full moon. The flower of wine when white is looked upon as a good sign, but when it is red it is bad, unless that should happen to be the color of the wine. The vessels too should not be hot to the touch, nor should the covers throw out a sort of sweat. When wine very soon flowers on the surface and emits an odor, it is a sign that it will not keep. As to defrutum and sapa, it is recommended to commence boiling them when there is no moon to be seen, or, in other words, at the conjunction of that planet and at no other time. Leaden vessels should be used for this purpose and not copper ones and walnuts are generally thrown into them from a notion that they absorb the smoke. In Campania they expose the very finest wines in casks in the open air, it being the opinion that it tends to improve the wine if it is exposed to the action of the sun and moon, the rain and the winds. Chapter 28 Drunkenness If anyone will take the trouble duly to consider the matter, he will find that upon no one subject is the industry of man kept more constantly on the alert than upon the making of wine. As if nature had not given us water as a beverage, the one in fact of which all the other animals make use. We, on the other hand, even go so far as to make our very beasts of burden drink wine. So vast are our efforts, so vast our labors, and so boundless the cost which we thus lavish upon a liquid which deprives man of his reason and drives him to frenzy and to the commission of a thousand crimes. So great, however, are its attractions, that a great part of mankind are of opinion that there is nothing else in life worth living for. Nay, what is even more than this, that we may be enabled to swallow all the more. We have adopted the plan of diminishing its strength by pressing it through filters of cloth, and have devised numerous inventions whereby to create an artificial thirst. To promote drinking, we find that even poisonous mixtures have been invented, and some men are known to take a dose of hemlock before they begin to drink, that they may have the fear of death before them to make them take their wine. Others again take powdered pumice for the same purpose, and various other mixtures, which I should feel quite ashamed any further to enlarge upon. We see the more prudent among those who are given to this habit have themselves parboiled in hot baths, from whence they are carried away half dead. Others there are again who cannot wait till they have got to the banqueting couch. No, not so much as till they have got their shirt on, but all naked and panting as they are, the instant they leave the bath they seize hold of large vessels filled with wine, to show off, as it were, their mighty powers, and so gulp down the whole of the contents only to vomit them up again the very next moment. This they will repeat too a second and even a third time, just as though they had only been begotten for the purpose of wasting wine, and as if that liquor could not be thrown away without having first passed through the human body. 
it is to encourage habits such as these that we have introduced the athletic exercises of other countries such as rolling in the mud for instance and throwing the arms back to show off a brawny neck and chest of all these exercises thirst it is said is the chief and primary object and then too what vessels are employed for holding wine carved all over with the representations of adulterous intrigues as if in fact drunkenness itself was not sufficiently capable of teaching us lessons of lustfulness thus we see wines quaffed out of impurities and inebriety invited even by the hope of a reward invited did i say may the gods forgive me for saying so purchased outright we find one person induced to drink upon the condition that he shall have as much to eat as he has previously drunk while another has to quaff as many cups as he has thrown points on the dice then it is that the roving insatiate eyes are setting a price upon the matron's chastity and yet heavy as they are with wine they do not fail to betray their designs to her husband then it is that all the secrets of the mind are revealed one man is heard to disclose the provisions of his will another lets fall some expression of fatal import and so fails to keep to himself words which will be sure to come home to him with a cut throat and how many a man has met his death in this fashion indeed it has become quite a common proverb that in wine there is truth should he however fortunately escape all these dangers the drunkard never beholds the rising sun by which his life of drinking is made all the shorter from wine too comes that pallid hue those drooping eyelids those sore eyes those tremulous hands unable to hold with steadiness the overflowing vessel condign punishment in the shape of sleep agitated by furies during the restless night and the supreme reward of inebriety those dreams of monstrous lustfulness and of forbidden delights then on the next day there is the breath reeking of the wine cask and a nearly total obliviousness of everything from the annihilation of the powers of the memory and this too is what they call seizing the moments of life whereas in reality while other men lose the day that has gone before the drinker has already lost the one that is to come they first began in the reign of tiberius claudius some forty years ago to drink fasting and to take wets of wine before meals an outlandish fashion however and only patronized by physicians who wished to recommend themselves by the introduction of some novelty or other it is in the exercise of their drinking powers that the parthians look for their share of fame and it was in this that alcibiades among the greeks earned his great repute among ourselves too novellius torquatus of mediolanum a man who held all the honors of the state from the prefecture to the proconsulate could drink off three congee at a single draught a feat from which he obtained the surname of Triconjius. This he did before the eyes of the emperor Tiberius, and to his extreme surprise and astonishment, a man who in his old age was very morose and indeed very cruel in general, though in his younger days he himself had been too much addicted to wine. Indeed, it was owing to that recommendation that it was generally thought that El Piso was selected by him to have the charge and custody of the city of Rome he having kept up a drinking bout at the residence of tiberius just after he had become emperor two days and two nights without intermission in no point too was it generally said that drusus caesar took after his father tiberius more than this torquatus had the rather uncommon glory 
for this science too is regulated by peculiar laws of its own, of never being known to stammer in his speech, or to relieve the stomach by vomiting or urine, while engaged in drinking. He was always on duty at the morning guard, was able to empty the largest vessel at a single draught, and yet to take more ordinary cups in addition than any one else. He was always to be implicitly depended upon too, for being able to drink without taking breath and without ever spitting, or so much as leaving enough at the bottom of the cup to make a plash upon the pavement, thus showing himself an exact observer of the regulations which have been made to prevent all shirkers on the part of drinkers. Tergilla reproaches Cicero, the son of Marcus Cicero, with being in the habit of taking off a couple of congee at a single draught, and with having thrown a cup, when in a state of drunkenness, at M. Agrippa. Such, in fact, being the ordinary results of intoxication. But it is not to be wondered at that Cicero was desirous in this respect to eclipse the fame of M. Antonius, the murderer of his father. A man who had, before the time of the younger Cicero, shown himself so extremely anxious to maintain the superiority in this kind of qualification, that he had even gone so far as to publish a book upon the subject of his own drunkenness. Daring in this work to speak in his own defense, he has proved very satisfactorily, to my thinking, how many were the evils he had inflicted upon the world through this same vice of drunkenness. It was but a short time before the Battle of Actium that he vomited forth this book of his, from which we have no great difficulty in coming to the conclusion that drunk as he already was with the blood of his fellow citizens, the only result was that he thirsted for it all the more. For, in fact, such is the infallible characteristic of drunkenness, the more a person is in the habit of drinking, the more eager he is for drink. And the remark of the Scythian ambassador is as true as it is well known. The more the Parthians drink, the thirstier they were for it. Chapter 29. Liquors with the Strength of Wine Made from Water and Corn The people of the Western world have also their intoxicating drinks, made from corn steeped in water. These beverages are prepared in different ways throughout Gaul and the provinces of Spain, under different names too, though in their results they are the same. The Spanish provinces have even taught us the fact that these liquors are capable of being kept till they have attained a considerable age. Egypt, too, has invented for its use a very similar beverage made from corn. Indeed, in no part of the world is drunkenness ever at a loss. And then, besides, they take these drinks unmixed and do not dilute them with water, the way that wine is modified. And yet, by Hercules, one really might have supposed that there the earth produced nothing but corn for the people's use. Alas, what wondrous skill, and yet how misplaced means have absolutely been discovered for getting drunk upon water even. There are two liquids that are peculiarly grateful to the human body, wine within and oil without, both of them the produce of trees, and most excellent in their respective kinds. Oil, indeed, we may pronounce an absolute necessary, nor has mankind been slow to employ all the arts of invention in the manufacture of it. How much more ingenious, however, has man shown himself in devising various kinds of drink will be evident from the fact that there are no less than 195 different kinds of it. Indeed, if all the varieties are reckoned, they will amount to nearly double that number. The various kinds of oil are much less numerous. 
we shall proceed to give an account of them in the following book. Summary Remarkable Facts, Narratives, and Observations 510 Roman authors quoted Cornelius Valerianus, Virgil, Celsus, Cato the Censor, Sacerna, Father and Son, Scrofa, M. Varro, D. Silanus, Fabius Pictor, Trogus, Hyginus, Flaccus Varius, Gricinus, Julius Atticus, Columella, Masurius Sabinus, Fenestella, Turgilla, Maccius Plautus, Flavius, Docinus, Scyvola, Aelius, Atius Capito, Cotta Messalinus, El Piso, Pompeius Linnaeus, Fabianus, Sextius Niger, Vibius Rufus. Foreign authors quoted Hesiod, Theophrastus, Aristotle, Democritus, King Hero, King Attalus Philometor, Archytas, Xenophon, Amphilochus of Athens, Anaxopolis of Thassos, Apollodorus of Lemnos, Aristophanes of Miletus, Antigonus of Sinai, Agathocles of Chios, Apollonius of Pergamus, Aristander of Athens, Botrus of Athens, Bacchius of Miletus, Bion of Soli, Caria of Athens, Charistus of Athens, Diodorus of Priene, Dion of Colophon, Epigenus of Rhodes, Euagon of Thassos, Euphronius of Athens, Androtion who wrote on agriculture, Atrion who wrote on agriculture, Lysimachus who wrote on agriculture, Dionysius who translated Mago, Diophanes who made an epitome of the work of Dionysius, Asclepiades the physician, Onesicritus, King Juba. End of section 22